got music there. We got people connected. 702, Tuesday, August 4th, podcast edition of the Morning Reboot. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you? I'm excellent. Um, how is day is it day three of fresh sobriety? Four. Day four. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, day, so three, I guess three. Yeah, whatever. Uh, to bring everybody up to speed here real fast because we've got to do a fast podcast today because you got to split. Well, you just can't go long today and Jeffy McGee will be on with us. We're going to do weather-related movies because there's a hurricane whose name I can't pronounce that's battering. Oh, that long one. Yeah. It's not Isaiah. It's like Isias or something. But um, uh, <laughs> oh, you, if people tuned in yesterday, you had an appointment. You were, nah. you were live tweeting it and now you are a, a sober person. No, I wouldn't go that far. There's actually people who like who are like have issues. I'm just cutting back drinking for the next month or two. Okay. So yeah, I went because like there's people who actually have like who are who have alcoholism. Like for me, it's just it's a health thing. I don't need it to function. Like even my dietitian, we were talking. She's like. You don't have to cut it out completely. I was like, you know what? I want to try it for a month. And maybe we'll go for two months. But I'll return to the promised land. But, um, yeah, it's just something I want to do. Something that, yeah. She kind of was just like, just cut back on drinking heavily. And I was just like, you know, I can do that. That's fine. She's like, oh, you're very confident. And I was like, I am. I can do this. But, yeah, like, I'm not, like, you when you messaged me yesterday, like, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic, but there's people out there who do need it to function. I don't need it to function. Like, I'm a social drinker. So I was like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see if I can cut it out. I cut out pop. Um, I slowly cut out, like, other snacks. So let's see if I can do this. Because okay. to me, alcohol is like a snack. And I texted, for those listening, I texted Floyd saying, I don't think the cold turkey route is good to go with anything because that often leads to people... Craving and then tripping up, but we're, we're, moderation is is totally fine. And when you said uh, you, I only drink socially. I guess I kind of thought this because you do socialize a lot. I'm not saying that you couldn't socialize without it, but I thought of the people who said I only I only smoke when I drink. But you drink, but you uh, you drink every day, so you're a smoker. Yeah. Well, also here's the thing with um COVID, it's easy to not socialize you know what i mean like you just kind of have to just like like i can see if like it was like the beginning of summer or maybe the kickoff to spring where like everyone's doing barbecues and all that stuff but eh, it's fine like i'm not worried like my mom was just like okay that's cool i was like i'm just not worried girl who's she gonna uh who's she gonna drink with and do sundays with now tiana oh tiana no, doesn't drink well, she's she's discovered the promised land, <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's I think it sounds more dramatic than it is, cause like it's just it's just liquor. Like you know what I mean? Like it's fine. Like it, like I don't know how to, like how to explain it. Like it's just I don't have a like like I'm just like oh I can't wait for the weekend to get drunk. Like I don't I don't have that feeling anymore. Right. So. I'm sure they'll come back, and I'm sure there'll be a time where they're like, hey, come out and have a drink with me. Like, today's Taco Tuesday. I have no desire to go out and have tacos or margarita today. I'm okay. sure it'll come back, but I just don't have no, I have no desire for it. Okay. Especially when my health's into play. Like, I'm just going to be more disciplined with certain things, and this is one of those things I have to be. All right. Well, I look forward to, uh, to this journey with you as well, and... Um... Because we're always posting things, you can ask, you can ask uh, the social media to keep you accountable <laughs> in, in some ways. Because, like, I know you, you were, you're back on the gym thing, and you're posting the gym stuff all the time. Tell people there to keep you, uh, keep you uh, accountable. I, in fact, well, yeah, and then also, like, I, like, I posted on my tweet, Twitter yesterday, which I've discovered that I like Twitter more than Facebook anyway. Um, I was like, anyway, one of those unopened bottle of Tito's. I go, no, that's going to be your prize when you complete your two months. So I was like, okay, we're keeping it. So yeah, it's like I, I'm not quitting. It's just I'm taking a break. So like, okay, 
Yeah. Maybe yeah, sobriety wasn't the right term, but I was like, oh, that sounds fancy. More, yeah, more, more, more moderate discipline drinking, I think is the. Yeah, is it, like I'm not quitting, quitting, but like I'm definitely not doing it within the next 30 days. We'll put it that way. Okay. Because, like, when you say, and others have done this too, and they get they get tripped up, like, here's the prize at the end. Like, if I can go this long, this is the prize. And then that prize doesn't turn into, like, two or three drinks. It turns into two bottles. And then before they know it, it the, the habit has come back because, you know, cold turkey is a hard thing to do. That's why, you know, a lot of people, when there's something really addictive, they get, they get sick from it. It's withdrawal. Yeah. Not that you're that, but, I no, mean. No, I'm not trying to get chips. <laughs> no, I know those are for like those are for people like with serious like addiction and like not to make light like those people like need help and they they deserve those chips like they want the coins you know what I mean I'm not trying to get that this is this is this is weight and diabetes related like <laughs> you know what I mean like this yeah. is more my chips are going to be like hopefully dropping the seven ten pounds that I need to and all this stuff like so and like just flushing out my liver and stuff so we're good there's no disease i'm not dying (laughs) just for me personally and as a diabetic and as a 37 year old man i gotta cut out some stuff and that was one of those things my dietitian and i both agreed on and she didn't even say cut it out she was just like you know maybe cut back moderation i was just like you know i'm just gonna stop for 30 days maybe two i mean for two months and she said well, I'm not saying that. I go, I know. I'm gonna. This is a challenge I want to put on myself, and that's when she was like, "Oh, you, you are very confident." I was like, "I can do this." If you if you uh, cut it out for 30 days, I mean, maybe even two weeks, that seven to ten pounds will go away just from the drinking. I guarantee it. Guarantee so we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I think we have some lighter things to get to, and we don't have to go real long today. But uh, a friend of mine, some some relationship stuff, and I have. I have a story that I've never been more delighted to speak about the bachelor or bachelorette in just one second. Actually, you know, we'll start with that and then we'll come to the larger thing that a friend of mine tweeted it and, and me offering some relationship. I don't want to say advice. I'll just call it a reminder because why would you take relationship advice from me? But hey, I, I do know I'm like Tyrion. I drink and I know stuff and I think that this can be helpful. But first, so the older woman. And I say that relatively speaking to the usual people. Claire Crawley was supposed to be the Bachelorette, right? She was on the show before. Yeah. Okay. She's the forty-year-old, right? That everyone was just like, "Oh, she's thirty-nine, hot. Floyd." Thirty-nine. Sorry. No, trust me, I yeah. I have no problem with age. I am not an ageist. I I say bring on the forty-year-old. That's someone who's experienced life and knows what she wants. Playing around with these young boys. Let's go. So. She is not going to be, and I guess this is according to sources, she is being replaced because whenever she was on the show before or however that went down, someone caught up with her and they fell in love. Oh. Oh, well, she's she's older. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you want. Eye on the prize. So she, she fell in love without a TV show. Well, it helped. But it's like many of us. The best place, I I think the, the the most convenient best place. There's two great places to tap in to things for relationships and dating. Friends of friends in your friend circle, and or it it can be rocky, but through work things. And I don't mean like at work per se, but like things that are tangentially related to work. Okay. So, but good for her. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, T-A-Y-S-H-I-A. We'll go with Taysha. Taysha, okay. Taysha Adams. She was on the Colton season. Looks like she'll be the replacement bachelorette. Now, I don't know what her background is, but she is of dark skin. Um, and well, this, the name Taysha, I kind of just assumed. No kinda, shame. She maybe she, She's mixed. <laughs> she has beautiful brown skin, like lighter skin. So again, maybe she's mixed. She has great genes. I mean, to be on that show, it's kind of a requirement. Um, And she's gorgeous and everything. So it looks like she'll be the replacement. And um, I'm the cynic in me, the COVID conspiracy conspiracy theorist in me goes, 
Maybe they just kind of pushed. Maybe Claire was like, nah, I don't know if I want to do this during COVID. It's not going to be real great. And they were like, great. All right. Be in love. Thank you. We've got this person of color we'd love to have on the show because we always harp on that. Like they, yeah. they, they've only had like a few people of color on that show and the show has never gotten criticism for it. So it gives them an opportunity to, to showcase someone of color. All right. Okay, Bachelor. Welcome, welcome to welcome to the was it twenty first century? Welcome. Um, I didn't want to go down this. I didn't expect to talk about this this morning, but I will. I want you to bring it up. Not to, so. I got myself unfriended yesterday. Um, uh oh. What'd you do? We don't have to do a bunch of this because I don't. I don't want. Speaking of like dropping addictions, you're trying to cut back on your Facebook. Um, oh, uh, a friend wanted to know, and she seemed to be sincerely asking. That's why I I asked a couple of my my black friends who speak artfully, thoughtfully, in measured ways about race. Um, Big Chuck, you know, big from Flint, the big guy. He likes comic book stuff. He likes the show. Chuck Overton. Yeah, I, I tagged him and a friend of mine from Detroit, Eric Vincent, but they're not friends with her so they couldn't chime in she wanted to know why it's not racist when there is bet or black magazines because if oh, there were girl so if there were if there were white things they would be racist and she seemed to be genuinely answering and all it did was act like a magnet for ignorance unfortunately and some people on there tried to explain things to her but it devolved as you would expect. So I, I try to pass along the knowledge, and I th- I, I'm i pretty sure I know, but can you explain to people like why those things exist? Because of racism. Because KKK. Because 1900s, the 1800s. Like, I don't even have to go... Like, if you have to ask yourself why they exist, you don't deserve to know. Like, I just don't get it. Like, there were times... I believe, and don't quote me, I think Dick Clark, no, it was, I was lied, lied, it was Ed Sullivan let the first black people on TV, like, that were genuinely, like, pop stars, and it was, like, the Supremes or the Temptations, like, and that was, like, 1960-something, like, 1950, like, Motown, like, allowed black people to be seen on TV, and that was it, and we were only allowed time slots at, like, 11 o'clock at night, or midnight, like, it was, like, we weren't even allowed to be on TV when people were like awake in prime time. Like we didn't discover what prime time was until like I'll say the seventies. Because you know what I mean. White people weren't having it. <laughs> they weren't having it, and like so, like yes, BET, like Black Entertainment Television. It's in the name. Like it's something that celebrated the 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 blackness of the culture, and like. Yeah, we had like American Bandstand and Dick Clark did great things for, I'll say it, Negro culture, as they would say back in the day. Like, like, <laughs> I, I, it, it bothers me when people ask questions like that. I'm like, what do you mean? Why do, why does it exist? Well, like, I, I guarantee they if you, have... if you Google television, Google 1950s television, it, it, it's definitely black, but it's black and white. You're yeah. going to see Lucy Beaver. Um, um, Dick Van Dyke, like <laughs> you know what I mean. There wasn't a, there wasn't a, there wasn't a Heathcliff Hustable. There wasn't a Tyler Perry back then. Um, good times, yeah, we, yeah, Good times. You mean you know what I mean? Like we were on screen, but we were the mammy. We were the butler. You know what I mean? Or we 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 tap dance with Shirley Temple. You know what I mean? Like that—that's what we—we we were novelties back then. Like we didn't—we didn't add substance, context. We didn't add um, to a storyline. We were just the, the punchline. But we were the punchline, mm. right? We were the—we were the joke happy she, house she, servant. I should have known Girl, better. Bye. She <laughs> she she seemed genuinely curious, even though. Her question, the way she posed, because she did throw in there, and I told her this, I was like, one, never start out with, I'm not a racist, but, and then I also, as I started to get a little frustrated, I said, rule number two, don't ask your white friends about black problems, which some people liked on that post, but. um, And and to answer the print thing really quickly, like, the only time a black person back in the day was in the papers or magazines was 
it was like a little section for like blacks only, and it was probably a mugshot, or we were wanted for something. Like you got to keep in mind, back in the day, we were seen as that's where our racial slur monkeys come from. We were seen as primates, lesser humans. We were seen as animals. So like, if if I decided to do a community organization in 1960, that's not that far ago, long ago, you wouldn't hear about it. However, if it was, if I was doing a community organization with the white person, like, oh, how dare they integrate with each other? So like, it's there's history behind that stuff, and like, yeah, can can BET be problematic? Yes, but so can MTV. Y'all still keep watching Jersey Shore and. Teen Mom, like it, it's everything has their own thing and own reason. Like, white white people, go. White, <laughs> white people didn't let black people, as you finally illustrated. So when they were able to have the resources and the freedom, they made their own to celebrate themselves, as you said. And I didn't call her ignorant. I said your friends here are saying some ignorant things, but then I did call her ignorant, and she said, "You know, we're not getting anywhere calling anybody ignorant." And people take that as such a slight, and in a way, you should, but. Like, ignorant has become a, a, a radioactive adjective and term. And I get that, but ignorant also means you don't know. And in this case, she didn't know or she was unable, even as it was explained to her multiple times, she was unable to grasp why this double standard is a thing and it's genuine and legitimate. So that that is the definition of ignorance. You don't know. And whether you're blissfully ignorant or actively unwilling it's ignorance yeah um but hopefully hopefully she got a little bit of education out of it like you know what i mean i ain't trying to cancel nobody still she, but she got you one. just you just you just can't because like when you ask questions like that it seems like you're mad about it it's you know it, what i mean people ask a question so that they can convey their opinion and it's not authentic that's but it seemed there was some genuine good-natured curiosity in there but no good deed um, things that like you say, it's, uh, speaking from ignorance, relationships, um, I am not an expert in them. Well, how about this? I am not in them often, but I do think I still have <laughs> some knowledge. So, um, a radio friend of mine, her name is, uh, Alex Gervasi. You might have seen her stuff. Alex is beautiful and talented and passionate and very feminist and stands for all the great things. And uh, she was kind of like an intern of mine uh, back home. Um, Now she's her own great woman and has like 50,000 followers. She retweeted something that said, it's quote unquote, normal things in relationships. And I think think because normal things, you think kissing, hugging, romance, blah, blah, blah. But the normal is in quotes and it says, feeling bored or unsettled, especially if you have a trauma background of chaos and uncertainty. Um, also, feeling attraction to other people. Being triggered consistently. That That's probably one I don't agree with. Mourning okay. the loss of single life. Needing time alone. Going through cycles of connection and disconnection. So those are all normal things in relationship. And you would think, Eric, you're never in them. How the fuck would you know? Well, again, just because I'm not in them doesn't mean that I don't know certain things. In fact, I've tried to teach myself we're more experts for not being in them you know what i mean like because we're we're more observant for certain situations with with friends and like actually personal experiences like i feel like a friend who is single and scorned by the world is a is a person you need to go to advice to i'll be the first one to give you relationship advice but when i'm in one i'm like clueless as hell and colorblind i'm like i don't know what's happening well i don't want their cynicism as part of it but just reasonable, objective advice. So what I replied back to, to Alex, um, as someone who's never in relationships, this is really thoughtful stuff. Things I try really hard to call upon when I'm dating someone. I mean, something I've, I've literally had to like beat into my brain as I've been in some longer things in, in the last five years of my life. Not every minute is going to be or should be a panacea. I mean, there's going to be, like, I used to think that... You and their big words. Sorry. I used to think when I was younger, like, you should want to rip this person's clothes off all the time. And that's not reality. In fact, there are going to be times <laughs> where you probably hate this person, but that's part of a, of a relationship. Like, why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> 
Leave there's, me alone. There's going to be times where you want to be alone or you miss being single. But again, it's it's a, a partnership. It's a back and forth. And not every moment will be heavenly. And and while you're like, Eric, you're never in relationships. How dare you give me advice? I, I, I think though these things that I just passed along, they are good reminders. They're good fundamentals. And something regardless of what you're doing, work, friendships, anything, when you begin to scuffle a little bit, I learned early on in my career, and it was beaten into my head. When you're when you're struggling, go back to the fundamentals, and that's how you can rebound quicker. Like what you're doing with like the sober stuff and eating better. Just just dig into the fundamentals, and that will guide you to your goals and to more creative uh, landscapes. Look at you, Eric Winfrey. Um, yesterday you mentioned how beautiful Portia Del Rossi was. Is she's my Hollywood crush when I was growing up. She uh she came out for for Ellen, not came out like, hey, I'm gay. We already knew that. Um, she <laughs> just been to her woman, right? Yeah, she just um she tweeted or Instagram something. I stand by Ellen and a bunch of hashtags. So not a lot of like words or anything, just the stuff that you would expect. And I would I would say in going back to relationship stuff. In almost all, if not every situation, with a couple of of exceptions, you should stand up and stand by your person when, especially when you feel that they're being unfairly attacked. Because again, your partners, it's it's teamwork. I followed more with this after our like our podcast yesterday. Like I was like, why do people hate Ellen? Like I, why did I hate Ellen for like fifteen seconds? I went down this road and I just kept saying the same conclusion I said yesterday. Sometimes people aren't nice. Like, and that's, that's just their personality trait. doesn't mean they're vicious. Right. You just know that when they walk in the room, you say hi or bye, <laughs> you know, especially when they're a boss, like you just go, hello, Miss Generous or, or, or DeGeneres or, hey, Ellen, how are you today? And if she looks at you, take it as a hi. If she doesn't, she's like, that's Ellen. Like, right. I just don't know. I just, because I, I, kind of, I find myself conflicted. Like, people are like, Ellen shouldn't treat her people like this. I'm just like, but, like, not all bosses are gyms. Trust me. I know. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, just, sometimes, sometimes you just go to work to get a paycheck. And I'm sure she's not paying pennies. So, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I could sit here in the blue in the face like, she shouldn't treat her people like this. I'm like, but she's also Ellen and not all people are nice. I'm also in Midwest America, and they're on the West Coast. So I still don't understand why people are so involved in this. Like, just well, this person she, didn't die. Fine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> as long <laughs> as there's, die. like, no <laughs> crimes committed, it's harder to judge, but we shouldn't just judge good or or bad. Um, I, I mean, maybe, maybe she is relentlessly berating people with vulgar words. I don't know. But you know what? Sometimes we are all motivated to to meet our goals differently. And that works on some people. And not everybody. Um, and, and for everybody, the line is different. Um, I think we've talked about this before. Do you remember the Indiana basketball coach, Bobby Knight, the white-haired guy? For, That's Indi- the guy who wore the red, jet, the red sweater all the time. He yeah. was a bloated goat. Yes. I remember, like, being younger, not knowing things, but, like, I remember my dad would watch, I want to say, like, Sports Center or something, and I would, like, sit there and watch him. Like, why is this guy always throwing a goddamn chair? But I was yep. also, like, seven. I was like, why is he so angry? Sports shouldn't make you angry. They make you happy. And <laughs> yes, time, I know exactly who that is. Times have changed, and you can't do a lot of his things anymore, but a lot of parents sent their kids to him for further discipline and know that they would they would get that kind of discipline in coaching and it would help them in the professional world. And look, he crossed the line a lot of times, but there are still coaches even today who will get in your face and maybe curse at you. And some kids... It happens in baseball a lot. It happens in, in, in all the things because you're talking about like the tiny percentage of people who have a special gift to be great at something. And it's, it's beyond just sports. And sometimes for those people to fully meet those, the potential they have, they've got to be pushed really hard. Now, look, some people go over the line and maybe Ellen has, but there are people in in my career. Like I thought at the time I might've been treating unfairly, but this is the naivety of, 
of youth, and you probably have people like this as well, where you look back, and we, we especially have with our parents, you look back and go, to the time when it was happening, you felt like you were being unfair, uh, you felt like you were being being treated unfairly, they weren't listening to you, you felt like your opinion didn't matter, and you look back and go, they coached, trained, or parented me the right way because without them doing that, I might not be where I am now. I'm. I know Donna. I mean that um that fashion bug flip flop. She was a she was a villain when I was growing up. How dare she? How dare she treat me like this? I didn't ask to be here. <laughs> but like as I got older, I was like, oh, she didn't want me to be a fool. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I get it now. Oh, yeah. for sure. I get it. I get it. Like, when you said that, I was like, oh, it's like every, like, like it, it, think of it this way. Anytime someone, and even I'm guilty of it, they impersonate their parent, they give them, like, this villainous voice. Like, anytime I'm like, my mom said this. Like, I'm like, my mom never sounded like that a day in her life. But, like, as a child, we're like, yeah, she was a villain. But, like, yeah. no, it was, she was, she was just like, I'm not here raising no thugs. Yeah, um, you get your grades, you get a job, you become a productive member of society. And I was like, bitch, I know that already. But like, we don't know that. We That's what a parent is there for or a guardian, someone to lead you on that path. Or, or, a, or a boss that wants you to be the best that you can be. Now, look. the and Who's to say you're not being groomed to be the next one? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hmm? Yeah. And and. It's a competitive world out there, as we see. And I'm not talking about like the over-the-line criminal behavior stuff, but the berating or, or things like that. Um, sometimes voices have to get raised, and and you can't get offended because in the long run, it it might wind up that that person raising their voice in that instance might be the catalyst for you to be what you want to be. Um, some other things. Uh, there are zombie cicadas. I saw that. You know what? I only hear them. I don't see them. Do your worst. Okay, if I don't see one, we good. You know, I, I, I'm that person. I'm like, if I don't see it, it don't exist. I know they exist. I don't never. I've never seen one in real life, so I don't plan on seeing a zombie one. So there's, a, there's, there. we're safe. They're only in like West Virginia, I guess. And there's some kind of fungus. Of it, course they are. <laughs> right. There's some kind of fungus that intoxicates them. So I never knew what that sound was when I was a kid. In fact, I don't know. I think I was like 34 today years old when I realized that that buzzing sound that you hear all summer. Isn't it the. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Loud. And that's only one. I had no idea what that was until I was like 34 or something. So all those years outside in the summer, walking to summer camp, I, I didn't know what, what the hell it was. And then I, I learned and, and now we've got zombie cicadas. And I'm sure somebody just wanted to call them that because it would get it would, it would be clickbaity. But in the year of, all, of everything going on and after we were kind of let down by murder hornets, zombie cicadas <laughs> is kind of a cool thing. <laughs> You said let down. I'm like, here's, you know what, 2020, she, remember, remember at the turn of 2020? Like, I feel like everyone's like, remember the turn of 2020, you see? We're all going to be living our best roaring 20 lives. Yes. Mm. Yep, that didn't ever happen. We got yeah. like a good three months, and the universe was like, yeah, you know what? This ain't no roaring 20. Uh, <laughs> we got, nope. I've, you get your own you get your own personality trait this year. One of my favorite memes of the year was when people would go, My twenty twenty plans and it's SpongeBob and the whole crew and then twenty twenty reality, it's the cross eyed SpongeBob. I like oh that God, one a right. lot. <laughs> right. That I like funny. that one a lot. Um TSO um announced their revised schedule and the only reason it caught my eye is for what wasn't on it because we're getting TSO. Uh, Toledo Symphony. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like the TSO tour and then the USO Floyd. Sorry, what? Uh, I'm waiting for us to get like Hamilton news because it's supposed to be coming at at some oh, point girl. in in the season. But we won't. Don't worry, Floyd and I are not buying. T- Do you still yeah, want to go? Two, there's two tickets up for grab. Hell no, I don't want to go. Okay, I tried. I tried. I tried twice, and I feel like if the original cast didn't spark my interest. Ain't no way, ain't no way in hell. A national tour is going to spark my interest. No shade to the actors out there, 
trust me, I want to be on stage. I would love to be on a show, but like, it's just not, it's just not for me. And that's the power of art. And you're up to like it or not. And this is one of those, I don't like it. If you got free tickets? No, I wouldn't go. I would, okay. I would say, I would give those to someone who actually wants to enjoy the show. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that person. Like, I, I know that the theater is like a privilege for some. And like, it's, some people save their savings to go see a live theater show. So if someone gave me free tickets, I would definitely give them to a friend more deserving who would enjoy it. I don't want to sit there bitter with the free ticket. Like that's not cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I, I feel the same way. Like I've given Hamilton and other musicals enough of a chance where as much as it's, it's an experience and maybe no greater experience or there's been no music musical that's po- penetrated pop culture like this. In my recent memory, you know, give it to somebody who really wants to enjoy it, who might not be able to get their hands on it. Yeah, I think the last movie, last, I'm sorry, last musical that, like, I think sparked interest in, like, in the theater was probably Rent in, like, 96. I, I remember hearing about Rent as a kid or early teenager. I was like, what the hell's Rent about? And then I got older, I was like, oh, God, Rent's amazing. Like, I love Rent. But, like, yeah, I think within the theater world, this is the one of those musicals that, like, they'll stand the test of time. I'm sure there'll be a major motion picture down the road as well. So, meh. It's just not my thing. That's fair. Uh, I always feel like I have to defend myself when I say it. Because, like, I do get looks like, what do you mean you don't like Hamilton? I'm like, I, I just, it's just not my thing. Um, Yeah, you know what? That's like when uh, when people question my, my love of candy corn. You know, I like it. I like the waxy taste. I like I like the you know putting the small pieces of sugar crack in my mouth and then maybe Not mixing in crack. mixing some peanuts in. Um, so I mean, you don't have to. I'm not a candy corn evangelist. Like I'm not going door to door saying you've got to love this stuff. I like it. So what would your uniform be if you were like a Mormon for candy corn? I would wear an actual like piece of candy I'd, corn suit. Yeah, I'd wear a candy corn <laughs> suit. The only question is, do I wear it? Uh, do I wear point up or point down? Point up, because I feel like point down is more of a pizza shape. Cut, I don't point. know why that made me think of that. I think candy corn will be more pointed up. All right. Hi, Jeffy McGee. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are hello, you? Hello, sir. Ah, hello there, Floyd. How am I sounding, by the way? I've got my brand new, well, new for me computer that I'm working off of here, and hopefully you know, it works a little bit more consistently than what I've had in the past, but am I clear on my okay end. on your end? No echo. Uh, if it, It's a modest, almost unnoticeable echo, as opposed to before where it sounded like uh, I was in a cave. But yeah, this is, this, this is perfect. And Jeff, kudos to you because if not for you, I don't I'm sorry. I don't. I don't even get a city paper as much as I used to because I'm not at places that have them. But I do hop online. I do still see stuff. And if not for you writing the article, I would not have known about the Zingerman's Reuben Fest coming to Toledo. <laughs> yep, we got a bunch of things like that. But especially with in this case, it's going to be a, uh, something where a lot of us have not had a chance to get up to Michigan over the last few months and so forth. And I know a lot of people are huge fans of Zingerman's uh, stuff. And so ultimately that's a great thing for all, you know, for uh, you know, local fans that uh, don't want to make the trek up into Michigan right now, just to have the opportunity for one of the great tastes of Michigan to come to them. So. Yeah. Zingerman's on August 15th, but you got to have your orders in by the 11th. It's down on St. Clair street near the great lakes rental building. I guess a, a part of St. Clair that's been rehabbed and yeah, Zingerman's is coming here. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff, what are we uh, What's your theme this week for the trailer game? Well, considering that we just had a hurricane make landfall, it seems like it's a perfect time to be discussing lousy weather in movies. And uh, we're, we're kind of <laughs> casting a wide net. We're not just talking about the, the, uh, the major disasters in the form of hurricanes, whether or, th- whether or not they have um, maybe animals twisted up inside of them. We'll get to that eventually. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but in addition, the, uh, you know, the idea of other types of really lousy, horrible weather, and so forth. And we've got some ones on here that I have not tossed into a uh, trailer game before, and so we'll have to see if you all can 
catch up and spot these uh, relatively new ones that will be in here. Now, uh, if memory serves, did not last week uh, you know, Eric uh, t take the victory for the first time for 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 the you know second week in a row in that case? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did recent cool. recent box offices. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, whenever uh, whenever you're ready, you can fire us off, Jeff. Yep, let's go ahead and start with on our bad weather tour number one, please. We're going back out. What? I'm headed east. The Flemish Floyd. Cat. Floyd. Going away again. Not Floyd by hair. Bubbles off the charts. That's where the. No, I don't. Does that the, the longest? What's that movie? I can't think of it. It's Eric, Eric. 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 Perfect okay. storm. That is the That's perfect what it storm. Is. I can think yep. of it. <laughs> and time to get feel old yet again. That's from the year 2000 so that's 20 years old as we speak but that is the perfect storm with uh, george clooney uh in the, based on a true story about uh, the, about a uh, fisherman fishing boat that uh, went out into a storm where three different tropical storms suddenly converged at the same spot in the ocean at, all at once and let's just say it was not a happy happy time let's they, put it that way. they deserve to go missing Oh, geez. Now, now, now. Let's not go there this morning. <laughs> let's, let's, they went missing? Uh, yeah, that, that boat completely disappeared, and so nobody knows what happened to it. The The story that the, that the movie tells is kind of a speculative story more than anything else. So. Ah, Floyd watched okay. it. Right, so, Eric, one, Floyd, you kind of got you kind of jumped the gun there on that one. You, you thought you had it, and then just wasn't quite there. I don't know why right, I thought it was really, called The Longest you'll be back Day. With number two, please. It terrifies most scientists, but for a new breed, the challenge is saving lives. The research is deadly. The twister is nature itself. Jeff. Hello. Jeff. Floyd. Jeff went away. Is it twister? I don't know. I think it is. That's the tornado siren. That's how I'm high. I went. Uh, hi, Jeff. It's even better Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla <laughs> was not a weather I event. I can't hear you I know. at all, unfortunately. Je Jeff, can, can you hear us? Well, how about oh, that? No. Hold on. Let me message him. Um, but, okay, so you get that. Well, this is a... Uh, and this well, is that was fun. This no, is, we're tied. I we're tied. So. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> we can get away with this on the podcast when it's when it's on the air. This sounds pretty terrible. Um, you've got to watch what just watch the last scene where the boat disappears in the perfect storm because I, I enjoyed that movie whenever the heck it came out and it's a great cast and they have the thickest Boston accents as a friend of mine used to say. Park the car, have a job. <laughs> I, I'm terrified of open water, so that movie would probably freak me out. Yeah, the final... Like, oh, no, 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 no. The final scene where, or where they disappear is a massive wave and this little speck that's the boat. And it's scary as that you will never want to... You will not get in the shower. You will not take oh, another bath no. No. after that. Jeff! I'm cool. Okay. Okay, I can hear you guys now. Sorry about that. That was right. weird. All right. All right. Floyd All right. got Twister, so number three. All right, yep. So we got two, one and one, so number three, please. The house began to pitch. Floyd. The kitchen took us. Floyd, go, take it. That's the Wizard of Oz. That is the Wizard of Oz. Very well done, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the lyric. The house began to pitch. That, that that was a trailer from the modern re-release of it. So I, because I've used the vintage one a few times in the past. But yep, you, you, when you're talking about bad weather in movies, and when you're talking about twisters, considering that that's where a lot of people picked up on that terminology, you have to talk about the Wizard of Oz. So, all right. So Floyd, two, Eric, one. So Floyd is starting to slowly but surely reassert his dominance, perhaps. All right, Joe Buck, movie. chill. All right. All right. As we go, <laughs> as we go to number four on the list. Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, the day after tomorrow. Very well done, Eric. Yeah, that, oh, that movie, movie. Me out. Yeah, that was a very tough one in terms of like the the uh, nature of the um, 
the trailer because there's really not a heck of a lot. I mean, it doesn't have the trailer doesn't have Dennis Quaid, doesn't have any dialogue from the characters really at all, and so forth. So basically, all you get are these like ominous notes from uh, meteorologists and so forth, and, and it's a lot of visual because, uh, like, I, here's me here. I might be frank. I've never actually seen the movie, but uh, you it's said it, good. Yeah, it is. You said you, and uh, just in terms of a, of a spectacle level, I'm assuming seeing all the all the uh, massive destruction that gets laid to waste that it, that it's worth the effort. Yep. Yeah, it really is. It's probably aged pretty well too. Cool. Cool. So, all right. So, Eric and Floyd tied it to a piece. We go to number five, please. Hurricane David is poised to be the first. It's a storm. That's what's driven them all up north. I've never seen so many of them. Are so bold. Floyd. All right, Floyd. Oh, that 2012. Nope, it's Damn. definitely not 2012. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna pat. I don't know. I feel like there was a dumb hurricane movie a couple of years ago, but maybe. Oh that- yes, it's a very dumb hurricane movie a couple of years ago. But this is one that has five sequels. Is that Sharknado? That is Sharknado. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to give me. <laughs> you don't have to give me the point. Yeah, <laughs> but that was Sharknado, which became. How did you, is it just that the idea is so dumb that it's one of those things that somehow caught people's imagination for being dumb? And the next thing you know, everybody, you know, it, it was one of those words that's passed into the vernacular. Yeah, don't, don't forget the like Oscar winning cast that they, they corralled oh, yes. for that. And, oh, yes. And I say that tongue in cheek, but then they actually had like real talented and famous people wanting to be in the movies. <laughs> it was, and, and, I mean, and they were deliberately dumb and bad. And you know what? Sometimes that's what that's all people want. It's something that's a fun time while they're watching a movie. So, yeah. All right. So, I'm if Eric says he's not going to give him the point, we'll call that the the tiebreaker point just in case we need it. <laughs> so, all right. Let's go to number 6 on the list, please. This chaos. The thousand people in an iron box. 18 years I've hated the train. 18 years I've waited for this moment. Sounds good. This is your world. The train saved humanity. The Eric! Go ahead, Eric. Oh, that's Snowpiercer! Like. That's per- Snowpiercer. Yeah, I was like, I'm wondering if I'm making this too easy for Eric, but apparently it, it took a little bit. But the, tra- the trailer is a little bit uh, mysterious there. But no, that is Snowpiercer, which obviously not only has been adapted now into... Has you Have you seen the... The TV series version, Eric. Is I watched. Good? I watched an episode and a half, and I, as I was watching it, I'm like, they can't turn what they did in that movie into a TV show. So it's kind of like it's it's Law and Order Snowpiercer. There's a crime they got to solve it, <laughs> and kind of spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Sean Bean joins the cast next year, which might bring me back into it because that certainly gives that show some some credibility. Not, gotcha. I mean, David Diggs is already the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they got some heavy hitters, but it was, yeah, because that the um, that movie is in this game because of the weather, and the weather mm-hmm. doesn't play that much of a role a role in the show. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, fair. that was too wordy. No, no, it's okay. No, not at all. And then, well, and the other thing is that uh, the uh, original Snowpiercer film was directed by Bong Joon Ho, who uh, ended up uh, taking Hollywood by storm this past uh, spring when uh, Parasite won like every one of the Oscars and so forth. Uh, you know, in its run at the Academy Awards. So. I um, I have to do one. I'm just buying some time here uh, for a second because <laughs> I have to send something to Floyd. Um, and I want to get his live reaction on the air. I'm buying time, and this is where we're extending it. And Floyd, you should have it right now. That is the nearly unrecognizable star, the protagonist of Snowpiercer the movie. Oh, he's hot. Uh, it's a. Oh dear God, he's up there with Christopher Maloney. A very bearded Chris Evans. Oh, is that who that is? Yes. Yep. Ooh, and not, I'm gonna need a moment. Not Captain America, <laughs> Infinity War bearded. He's got a, a knit hat, and he is nearly He's unrecognizable. Un- yep, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. You can only, I, you can basically if you if you just look at the eyes long enough, you can really grasp who that is. But otherwise, when I watched Snowpiercer like six years ago, I guess part of it was like a, a sounded cool, and Chris Evans caught my attention. And then I'm 15 minutes in. I'm like, where is he? 
I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's under that. Oh, wow. Floyd vanished, but uh, Floyd is back now. Uh, all right. We got one left to go in the trailer game. Yep. If you can get this uh, uh, Floyd, um, we'll call it a tie. But if Eric gets it, he wins it outright. And this is the most unusual, one, uh, quote, unquote, weather of all. Go ahead, uh, Eric. Usual weather. My name is Flint Lockwood. And I've always wanted Floyd. to invent something awesome. Oh, Floyd! 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 This is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That would be Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I love that movie. Which you know, which uh, ended up being actually a pretty sizable hit, and they've made a sequel out of it, which kind of took the 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 concept into a slightly new direction and so forth. Did you see or enjoy the the sequel, Floyd? So here's the thing. I have it on DVD, just never watched it. I gotcha. So <laughs> maybe the lack of Mr. T in the second go around was yeah. Uh, it hasn't yeah. It came in like a value yet. pack too, so like it got the first one, then I never just never watched the second one. I gotcha. Um, <laughs> Floyd, you've got to run, right? It's seven forty-seven. Um, yeah, I just got to reboot my phone and get on Zoom or whatever. But I can hang. It's not till eight. Um. I have a question for Jeffy before we dive into some things to watch. And Floyd will uh, share um, Umbrella Academy uh, conclusions. Uh, The the Rock bought the XFL or something, and that Uh seems like a very buy, a very buy low proposition. And I don't know if it's ever going to work out, but um, it sounds neat. A lot of people seem excited about it, and almost everything almost everything he touches turns to gold. Yes, indeed, but the problem is, is that you know that is a heck of a turd to try and turn into gold right. at some point because the XFL has, you know, in the course of twenty years, has finished a season and a half. I just don't see it successfully being now. If he can do it when his old buddy Vincent Mann never could make it work, then that's the ultimate bragging rights. But I just don't know, and you know, realistically, you know. If he, maybe if he can convince like the the TV networks that had deals, you know, that they had made arranged to potentially, you know, you know, you know, honor those deals and let the league continue next year. But I mean, otherwise, what are you buying when you buy the XFL? You, you, you I mean, they didn't have any sta- devoted stadiums. They had teams, but they were just getting started. You have, you know, bare, you know, an archive of, of like, what, a season and a half of footage. I mean, really, there's nothing much there, which probably explains why it went for such a bargain basement price. And I will also say that there's word going around that the original investors who are in the process of legal uh, entanglements with uh, the current ownership and whatnot uh, might be claiming that, uh, you know, the rights are going to be a little bit more complicated than what they think. But we'll have to see. You're buying a house in the Vistula district where it's like... <laughs> Come on, gentrification. Just go up some a little bit further. But I, I felt bad because it seemed like the XFL was doing better than the other league that folded er, mm-hmm. before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit. And, um, I mean, it just, when that hit, it's granted, obviously, you know, there's a, a massive loss of life with that. And our, our lives have changed. But I did think maybe another football league is just, like, not something the world needs. No, no, These no. names sound like high school names. The XFL teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah the much. Seattle Dragons, DC Defenders, New York Guardians. I'm like, oh, get the hell out of here. They were they were a step up from the from the first go around, which included the New York New Jersey Hitmen, uh, the, oh, the, Lord. Memphis, the Memphis Maniacs, spelled of course with an X. I mean, it was it, it, it was it's never been the classiest of things. This time around, I will give the XFL credit. This time around, it focused on being an actual sports league. I mean, the first time they the, the games were not like fixed or anything like that, but they were definitely aiming for a more uh, video game enterta- yeah sports entertainment type thing where i mean literally when you know when uh, the ratings started going down you know they had a, a week where they advertised that the cameras were going to go into the cheerleaders locker rooms i mean it was oh, not lord there really weren't, wasn't a hell of a lot of shame by that point in this league's existence so this time around they at least were trying to stick to the idea of being a professional sports league now, you know, again, as Eric pointed out, you know, it just kind of hit at exactly the wrong time. And, and I mean, it's also a point where, you know, right now, you know, even before the pandemic, networks, you know, are starved for content from, you know, live sources. It's why the WWE was able to get such an incredible deal, despite their ratings being 
the weakest they've ever been because they because the networks think that live stuff, whether it be sports, whether it be anything that people can't DVR and just skip over ads, that's the sort of stuff that the networks want because it means that they can get their commercials in front of eyeballs. And right now, that's the only thing they're really caring about. That and the demographic. So. Um, things to watch, but first, Floyd, you're officially finished Umbrella Academy season oh, yeah. two? Yes, I'm restarting it again. All you, all <laughs> it's so good. It's check, so good. Check your Twitter. There's a t-shirt that you might want to grab. Jeff, did oh, you I'm wa- looking right now. I just don't have the money for it, but yeah, I want her. Jeff, did you <laughs> did you watch the uh, did you watch either season? Uh, not yet. It's one of those things where I keep meaning to get around to it at some point, but then I've never had Netflix. So, <laughs> it's one, I am so far behind with most Netflix series as we speak, although I've been trying to... A few friends of mine have been inviting me over to catch up on some stuff and so forth, so I've been able to watch with them a few things that are on Netflix, and they're they're kind of dragging me, kicking and screaming into catching up on stuff. But, but for those of you that are looking for some new stuff to check out on Netflix, um, it was on... Peacock for a cup of coffee and then got pulled off for the for this deal I think because the original Jurassic Park is available on Netflix as we speak uh, if you want a little shot of 1993 nostalgia and if you want to go down the path of the increasingly lackluster sequels two and three are also on there so if you want to check out either of those uh, and then also personal favorite movie of mine uh, from the wonderful mind of Charlie Kaufman, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet flick that uh, you know about uh, erasing of memories that is brilliantly well done and very, very entertaining. If you've never seen it, now is an awesome time to take a chance on it. And uh, another bit of nostalgia for those of us that were around at that time, back when the original Adams Family movie was a big deal back in 1991 with Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd. Um, it was it was a you know, really uh, big hit at the time. But you know, there are those of us that think the sequel is a much better and much more entertaining movie. But you know, that's not what's on Netflix right now. So if you want to check it out, the original Adams Family is up there. Um, Amazon Prime is featuring Inception to make us sad that we're not getting Tenet right now, but uh, the Christopher Nolan flick about uh, deeper uh, ideas of the dream state and being able to commit thought crimes and so forth is available there. And um, one of the, like, cornerstone romantic comedies of the 1990s, Four Weddings and a Funeral, the uh, Hugh Grant Film from 1994, which recently got an adaptation into a series by uh, on Hulu, if memory serves. So if you wanted to check that out, and we were supposed to get the sequel this summer, so you're going to have to just enjoy the original for right now. Top Gun is on Amazon Prime. Is anybody anybody watched the original Top Gun anytime recently? Mm-hmm. Never, never saw it. Okay, but I, just I, I do have to run, friends. You guys have a good day. Right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Uh, on Hulu right now, uh, a, a personal favorite comedy from 1991, City Slickers with Billy Crystal, about a group of friends that go to a dude ranch and do a cattle drive. It's a lot of fun if you've never seen it, and it's actually a lot deeper than it seems to be on the surface. Uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, the Julia Roberts rom-com from 1997 is now on Hulu, and uh, it's not about the weather, I assure you, despite the title, but it has one of the most iconic moments and characters uh, in all of cinema, Rain Man, with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman playing uh, the uh, brother whose unique pattern of speech became one of the more, you know, in you know how to put this parody level uh, characters of all time, and he won an Oscar for it. Um, if you're on Disney Plus, uh, the new Muppets series, Muppets Now, debuted this past Friday, and it's going to be rolling out every week, one episode at a time, as Disney continues to buck the Netflix tradition of doing um, anything when it comes to uh, being able to put everything up binging all at once do you mind like did you mind when uh, the mandalorian rolled out that that uh, slowly eric uh i was fine with with the way they did that um i guess it's different for different shows when it's something that has a background and a base they can do that but because you can 
chat about it. You can Reddit about mm-hmm. it and tweet about it in between the shows and speculate, as opposed to something that needs to build itself up. But I, I can, I'm usually fine with that. I want to know the difference between this show, this Muppet show, and the one from like six years ago, which I thought was kind of clever and and sharp. But I know people hated it. Oh yeah, people did not like what they did. The basic thing to say is that basically this show is taking the Muppets concept and upgrading it for the streaming era. So the idea being that they're all the individual sketches of the original Muppet show concept done as though they were being submitted via Zoom, more or less. I mean, I mean, it's basically it's almost a perfect pandemic show because it's the Muppets being socially isolated from one another. And right. They're communicating with each other that way. So um, in addition, do you, I don't know if you remember or did. Of well, course probably, I do. Yeah, it you was, probably remember Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. It was yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and a massive bomb, right? Actually, oddly enough, it was one of the more successful video game uh, adaptations. For the longest time, it was the most, the highest grossing video game-based movie, believe it or not. It still didn't do well enough to really be considered like a massive hit, and you'll notice they didn't go for additional sequels, but it still it did reasonably well, oddly enough, and that's been added to Disney Plus, and that was a Disney film. And then uh, the Muppet, pardon me, not the Muppets movie, the Peanuts movie from a few few years back, uh, which was a computer animated but made to look like it was kind of you know, as if the the original drawings by Charles Schultz had come to life in a lot of ways, and and uh, it did modestly well, but it didn't you know, lead everybody clamoring oh, for a sequel. I remember because now I'm I'm thinking through it, and uh, Charlie Brown was a questionable looking what like six year old. <laughs> Well, then again, Charlie Brown's always been a questionable-looking six-year-old. How many, when, how many it, six-year-olds do you know that are bald with only a little bit of hair left at six? When it's a so, cartoon, it's easier to digest, like how we've seen Bart Simpson or, like not right. age for 40 years. But then when you see like a life-size character of him in real life, like some kind of mascot, it's terribly creepy. Uh, basically, you know, your mind sets a difference between hand-drawn animation and something that's aiming for a different look. And mm. if, if you put, like, Bart Simpson into a 3D model effect, it's not going to have nearly the impact that he does normally. And I think you're kind of right that that kind of be, can be the same thing when it comes to the Peanuts characters. But I also have to give a shout-out to the fact that I did not even... I was not even aware that there was a 2 out there. Same. We can now celebrate the arrival of Deep Blue Sea 3, the, the uh, second sequel to the 1998 mutant killer shark movie which featured one of the all-time great exits of a character which would be <laughs> Samuel, L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson giving a rah-rah speech and suddenly not being in the movie anymore. I it was glorious. love that movie so much. Like I <laughs> I was never a, a Jaws fan per se mm. um, but I love that movie. Everything that it's about, the science. Like, I can look past some of the hokey parts like that. But, I mean, it's mostly straightforward until you're right. There's this indoor, I don't know. There's like, a, it's an underwater mm-hmm. facility. And then there's a, it's obviously there's breathable space. But then there's a part where the, the ocean comes into this room. And the shark comes up and literally snatches Samuel L. Jackson. And they're like, all right, well, let's just move on here. <laughs> or... Like, I love the movie. I love the act. Like, there are some big names in that LL Cool J and his parrot mm-hmm. that gets eaten. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. And I'm hoping now I want to go look for the second one and see if it's as good as the first. All I know is, is that the the uh, third one is getting reasonably good reviews compared to you know, when you consider that this was made as a uh, straight-to-video thing, just like 2 was, which which explains why neither of us have ever heard of 2 or 3, is that ultimately they just were brought out as video companions to the original. But um, you know, it's getting decent reviews, so if you, if you like the original, this might be right up your alley. Uh, let me wrap up with this, because it's just you and I, and literally, uh, we, we've, maybe we've lost people at this point in the podcast, but... <laughs> Jeff, Ghost of Tsushima is the best video game I have ever played in my life. Excellent. I, I know the reviews are are glowing and incredible, but it's it's that way for a lot of games. But I have never played a game so great as this. I'm prob I, I can't even tell you how many hours in, maybe thirty hours or more, and I'm only like 
40% through it, and I have not lost any enjoyment. It is a beautiful game, and if it doesn't win every Game of the Year award, not that that's my expertise, I will be stunned. It's that good. Well, I look forward to checking it out myself. I'm going to try and, as soon as soon as I get, get a little bit more uh, stable financially is a nice way to put it. Although, that you know, I'm, I'm getting a pretty decent size check this week so maybe i'll catch up with it as soon as possible but uh, i'm going to be hopefully catching up with that one but i've heard many people express the same type of insight that ultimately it's one of those games that really is especially as a capper on a generation because we're all having to get ready for the playstation 5 xbox uh, x series whatever it's being called uh, and uh, everything that's coming up very shortly here. So looking as a moment to you know, demonstrate you know, how cool games have been on the PlayStation 4 era, this is a very, very cool capper to an entire generation. I read one review briefly, and it said, uh, with Spider-Man, like that's what you wanted to feel like playing Spider-Man, swinging through the city, and mm-hmm. that's what made that game so good. Uh, this is, uh, this, I've always wanted, it's the same thing with being a samurai. Um, not that I have any idea what that could possibly be like, (laughs) but I have always wanted to visit, uh, quiet, peaceful, meditational places in, in the Eastern part of the world. And just riding on horseback through this gives me that satisfaction without having to take an actual trip to Japan or Tibet or anything like that. It is gorgeous. And that's on top of the fact that you can like slice people in half and the gore is real, but not so excessive where you want to throw up. Right. Yeah. And then, and that type of wish fulfillment is what video games are so great at, is, is that you can for a moment get a gr- glimpse of the idea of what it was like to be a cowboy in the Old West in Red Dead Redemption 2 or to, to soar through Gotham City in the Batman Arkham games. I mean, basically, it gives you just a taste of what that might have actually been like or what it would be like if the world could bend to the fantasy a little bit. Yeah, there, there's and Arkham is obviously one of my, my favorite games, but there's something, maybe because I am already so immersed in that world, it's hard for me to feel new things about it, whereas I don't really ride through Japan all that often in my life. Right. Um, right. Yeah, this has given me so much satisfaction, and if I could... If I, if I thought I was close to finishing it, even with all that I played it, I'd, I'd give it to you. But I'm not close to the end, which no, is awesome. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. But I appreciate the consideration, good sir. Please all enjoy right. yourself. We'll, uh, we'll talk during the week, okay? Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Have a good week. I can't do it like Floyd, but bye.